What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Herfcast. Um, this episode, I had a little bit of an interview with Glenn Loop from Cigar Rights of America. It was a good talk and got a lot of information there, um, you know, about what the CRA is about and how you can get involved uh, and the importance of it. So check that out. The interview's about 30 minutes long. Uh, I'm also going to do a review from stogiejournal.com. That's S-T-O-G-Y-G-O-U-R-N-A-L.com. Uh, you might remember Michael from Stogie Journal came down from Milwaukee to be on the show uh, a little while ago, and I think I'm going to start doing that. We're going to start working together where uh, every once in a while uh, going to do a review from stogiejournal.com. And uh, I might start doing my own reviews uh, every once in a while as well. So, um, you know, hopefully you enjoy the show. And uh, I've got something new to talk about today. Um, somebody from Govi Home uh, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to try out their hygrometer thermometer, uh, digital hygrometer thermometer. So he sent me a couple of those. And I am in the process of trying that out so far so good uh it's a high precision uh, supposedly the most advanced at this time it's got a plus minus of 0.3 degrees celsius which i don't know what that translates to in fahrenheit uh and a plus minus one percent on humidity uh it is a nice looking display it keeps track of everything uh 24 7 and if you have the app you could you could see the graphs um and uh, it keeps about 20 days worth of data at a time, or you could use the, the, the free cloud storage, um, which will track about two years of uh, your, your, your trends and your humidity and uh, temperatures and whatnot. So I can't say much about it yet because, like I said, I just got them, just started trying them out. Um, I'm trying one unit out, and once I have a review of it, I'm going to have a contest for the second unit. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically what's going on. Um, so uh, when I talked to Glenn, I was smoking, appropriately, uh, the cigar that I got when I joined, well, one of the two cigars that I got when I joined CRA. And that was... Uh, the CRA uh, Camacho B.G. Meyer Standard Issue, which was an Ecuadorian Connecticut um, Nicaraguan wrapper. Uh, it's from Honduras. Uh, Camacho's out of Honduras. Um, the binder and filler are both Dominican and Nicaraguan. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good smoke. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that I still had it. Uh, I'm glad that I, I sat on it for a little while so that I could smoke it while I was talking to Glenn. Um, so with that being said, uh, stay tuned for the interview with Glenn. And I'm just going to read the review from Stogie Journal. Uh, and I'm going to read their review from a couple weeks ago. It's the Davidoff 50th anniversary. Um, so if you haven't been to Stogie Journal yet, stogiejournal.com. Um, it's a real nice setup. Uh, they got he's got four different pictures of the progression of the Davidoff 50th anniversary, um, 
It was stored at 70% relative humidity for two weeks. Uh, the MSRP is $36 for one. The smoke time is two hours and 15 minutes. The wrapper, I already went over, oh no, uh, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano, the binder, Dominican Olor, filler, Dominican Republic. Uh, it is a 6.75 by 50, and the review was done by Michael, who was on the show. So um, he's got initial reactions and appearance with a beautiful shape and no damage on the wrapper. Davidoff 50th anniversary looks great. The smell of the wrapper as the slight scent of tobacco, but there are no other scents coming off of it. Uh, the unlit draw provides some earthy and grassy notes. And the first third, the first few puffs match the earthy and grassy notes from the unit uh, unlit draw, and the tobacco tastes fresh like it wasn't given enough time to age. As the smoke progresses, the flavors are replaced with smooth, creamy, and earthy flavors. Honestly, it, takes, it tastes more like a Cuban, Cuban than a Dominican stick. A total 180 occurs midway through the first third. And the retro becomes earthy, sweet, and spicy. Some grassy notes are still present here and there, and the stick is incredibly complex and delicious. So, so far in the first third, uh, it sounds different, sound, or it, it sounds good. It sounds like it may need some time to age. Uh, then he has here the second third. The spicy pepper from the retro hail becomes more prominent on the second third, but the smoke is still creamy and smooth. The grass taste returns a little bit, and with it comes a little bit of toasted popcorn flavor. In addition, a small hint of chocolate appears. So, in the final third. Even more pepper appears on the retrohale as Davidoff's 50th anniversary ramps up a bit. The subtle chocolate taste from before is now in the front, and the burn is absolutely solid all the way through. Davidoff's 50th anniversary is sweet and spicy on the final third, making it quite the complex smoke. It's unfortunate, then, that it feels like a missed opportunity. With so much going on in regards to construction, flavor, and complexity, you'd think this cigar is a 5 out of 5, the potential is there, but the taste of fresh tobacco shows that the whole thing was rushed. Would I smoke Davidoff 50th anniversary again? Yes, but I would definitely let Davidoff 50th anniversary age a little longer so the complex flavors can truly shine. So uh, he scores it on a five-star rating, uh, five-star scoring uh, breakdown, and he's got construction at four stars, the taste at four stars, Complexity at five stars, uh, which overall that would be, uh, he's got it as four stars, but I would say that's probably, you know, four and a quarter, uh, four and a third stars. Um, one of the nice things about stogiejournal.com is it's very user-friendly, and every cigar that they review, they have an option that you could review it yourself, so the community has a say in it as well, so that you could see, you know, the the different different reviews from different people not just from uh, uh, the people at stogie journal so that's definitely something to check out um, you know I I definitely enjoy their setup uh, I think it's pretty easy uh, they also review uh, accessories as well as cigars so 
You can check out uh, reviews on cutters and lighters. So be sure to check them out if you have not yet. Um, I think that's about it for for the review portion. So um, I guess without any further ado, here is the talk with Glenn Loop. Hopefully you enjoy, and you could go to theherfcast.com, and at the top of the site I have a link that says Join CRA. If you haven't done it yet and you are um, any level of cigar smoker, if you enjoy smoking cigars, uh, it's definitely worth, uh, it's worth checking out. And right now they've got a special uh, for their 10th anniversary. You could join CRA for a year for only $10. And, you know, so it's definitely worth you know, trying it out for that first year at that $10 price point. Otherwise, uh, it's normally $35 a year or $65 for a two-year membership. Um, you know, that's I, I did the two-year membership, and that comes with a uh, subscription of Cigar Aficionado and whatnot, uh, the two premium cigars. So check that out. Um, otherwise, you could email me uh, at brian at the herfcast dot com um facebook uh there is a video of on facebook from this conversation with glenn if you want to check that out uh the first portion of it there was no no video um so it's just uh his avatar you kind of see me in the screen in the background uh but the at the end of it video started working so uh check that out if you want uh the herfcast podcast on facebook you could find those videos and on Twitter, it's the herf, the underscore herfcast. On Instagram, it's the herfcast podcast. So check all that out. Uh, whatever platform you use, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, anything you could do, that's awesome. Also, if you feel that I deserve a dollar or something, uh, you could on my website. I have links to my Patreon and Patreon. You could you could donate a dollar or whatever you feel I deserve. That would be awesome. It is uh, very much appreciated. So, uh, you know, here's the talk with Glenn. Hopefully you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is Brian with the Herfcast, and tonight I've got a special guest, uh, Glenn Loop from the Cigar Rights of America, and he's going to be telling us about the uh, the uh, newest newest politics going on with, uh, with the cigar situations and whatnot, and tonight I'm going to smoke... I've been holding on to it for a little while. Uh, my BG Meyer standard issue from Cigar Rights of America. So um, I don't know if you can nice see looking. that, Glenn. Yep. So good I, looking cigar there, Brian. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't know if you, if you want, you can go ahead and uh, tell us about that a little bit, if uh, if you want. What's that? Uh, sorry. If if you if you want to talk about the cigar a little bit first, that oh, would be. Oh, I, I don't have a clue. No. Well. <laughs> Uh, I could I could we, fill that in later. So um, <laughs> you can fill in the particulars on the cigar, but I will say this: uh, our corporate benefactors uh, provide cigars to CRA to include in samplers, and that we sell as a as a fundraising means for for membership at major events. And then everyone that joins CRA uh, gets two cigars that are paid for through their membership, because nobody does free samples anymore. Remember. And That's um, right. and th- so those two cigar that that particular BG Meyer was a uh, was provided by our friends at Davidoff. All right, right on. 
So that's I, I was going to ask you, I, I've got a, um, a glass with some ice in it, and then I've got a bottle of Woodford Reserve and a bottle of Balvini. I was going to see which one you, you thought that I should pair it with. Um, well, I would go with the Woodford. Um, all right. Or is that, I'm fond of calling it Snickers bar in a glass. Yeah, it's definitely delicious. <laughs> so, um, all right, man. So you've got you got some time constraints. So I want to go ahead and let you get out anything that you want to get out. Well, I appreciate that, Brian, and I appreciate the opportunity to to be with you and for the invitation to to join the Herfcast podcast. I'm very uh, to ha- very happy to have you. Well, we'll make this a regular regular update. But if this was uh, if this was video, we'll do that sometime. I would hold up my my stuffed squirrel monkey, which I'll hold up just to, for the sake of saying I'm doing it, to symbolize I do it on all podcasts to symbolize the four squirrel monkeys that the FDA killed doing uh, nicotine research. Um, and I just do that to dramatize the point. So if we were doing video, you would see a stuffed squirrel monkey on my desk. But uh, that leads into the politics of, of cigars and what we've been confronting. To give you the Reader's Digest version, in 2009, President Obama signed the Tobacco Control Act. They gave Congress regulatory power over cigarettes and smokeless. Congress never told them to come after cigars, but they set up what's called a deeming process that allowed them to do so. And there were only five things left to be regulated, uh, hookah, pipe tobacco, e-cigarettes, and cigars. And they made no differentiation between mass market cigars and premium handmade cigars. And frankly, the industry never thought it would happen to them. And I'm not talking about in terms of 2009. I'm talking about for decades, the premium handmade cigar industry never thought this type of regulatory creep process would walk up behind them. But during that time that life was business as usual, the opposition was doing an incredible job. And I say that um, was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, is that they were doing a magical job politically of lumping together all tobacco products into one giant demonized basket. And that basically sums up uh, a phrase that that the FDA has coined, and that is called living in a tobacco-free world. And that's their phrase. That's not mine. That's not being overly dramatic. They literally call it living in a tobacco-free world taking a page out of the playbook from the World Health Organization. And so they crept along, and in 2014 to 2016, we went through this regulatory process that resulted in 499 pages of of, uh, regulations issued, about 30 to 40 of them detrimental to the premium handmade cigar industry. And we provided comments to that. We tried to present our case on numerous occasions, both politically and bureaucratically, to the administration and then in May before the Obama administration was over, uh, they dropped those regulations on us. That compelled, they, they took a worst case scenario. It presented a worst case scenario to the industry. Uh, the warning labels of covering 30% of a box with a warning label, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, pre-market approval and substantial equivalence process that would basically prevent the issuance of new blends onto the market without an excruciating expensive bureaucratic process to get them approved, keeping in mind the agency is already 4,500 applications behind on cigarettes and smokeless products. If they do this and they go about it in the way that they've proposed, it would be over 12,000 applications sitting on their desk for the premium handmade cigar market. Uh, Testing procedures, corporate regulations procedures that would cost just tens upon thousands of dollars for compliance of companies. 
it you know even if the large companies could survive it the small boutique side of craft industry side of the industry would would simply not be able to uh, to afford to be regulated in that fa- that fashion so our response to this going back to really 2011 has been to file legislation in congress that would prevent anything that meets the definition of premium cigar from being regulated in that time hundreds of members of congress both the house and the senate have signed on to that legislation for different political reasons, it has only gotten through the House of Representatives, which is no small task. But the last time that happened was it got through the House Appropriations Committee in May. Last September, it got through the full House of Representatives. But that legislation serves a political purpose of conveying our message to the new administration. And right now, we have 145 members of the House of Representatives and 22 members of the United States Senate on that legislation. Again, it provides an incredible sounding board for our message to the Trump administration. Parallel to the political effort with Congress and using our allies in Congress to convey our message to the Trump administration, we work directly with the Trump administration. We'll be, well, let me back up a little bit more. A new FDA commissioner came in shortly after the president was was elected. On July 28th of last year, the new commissioner said there's going to be a reopening of the comment solicitation of comment on purely the question of premium handmade cigars. So they, that was a gift from the Trump administration because really it's the only legal bureaucratic means to go about revisiting that final rule. With that, that opened the comment period that ended on July 25th, and we submitted 529 pages worth of data to answer the FDA's questions. We're not going to wait for them to review it. We're taking it directly to every channel of the Trump administration, and we're taking it to our allies in Congress for them to convey to the Trump administration, the Domestic Policy Council, the White House Budget Office, the Secretary of Health. With the message, we've done our part. Now it's their turn to do, do theirs and revisit this rule and come up with a way to mitigate the most economically harmful characteristics of the rule. With that, I'll shut up and take some questions from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that doesn't even touch the litigation. So, so we'll get to that. Now, if we could go back to the squirrel monkeys, I've never heard. <laughs> I, I I know I'm jumping back to the beginning here, but I've I've never heard anything about the squirrel monkeys. So, if you could elaborate a little bit on that, I'll I'll post this on your Facebook page. But uh, yes, shortly after the commissioner came on board, uh, it was I don't want to say unearthed, but uh, PETA. Uh, people for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, I believe their acronym is. Yeah. See, I don't I don't follow it that much. But PETA, everybody knows PETA, came out with this letter to the FDA that they should dismantle their animal testing program on nicotine, which resulted in the death of four squirrel monkeys. So I got myself a squirrel monkey, and I named him Nick, since they used nicotine to kill the squirrel monkey. <laughs> that's that's pretty fascinating. I uh, see. It's amazing what you learn on a podcast, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, I know that uh, through through us talking previous to the episode, you mentioned uh, getting senators on board. Um, I was surprised to hear that Senator Donnelly in Indiana was already on board. Uh, I got he is. the I got the auto message from him, um, whatnot, um, and it was Republican Todd. Uh, the The last name slipping me right now. I'm sorry. Um, I can't remember. He's he's south of Indianapolis. Uh, the 
the congressman that you were you were telling me that we needed to get on board. And I, I really wish I could remember the name right now, but I can't. So, um, but as far as uh, Senator Todd Young, Todd Young, okay. Um, so has there been Todd Young that we would we would welcome on S two nine four from Indiana? Okay, so is there has there been any progress with that, or um, for for any any local Indiana listeners, uh, what what exactly can we do? Um, is there anything more other than writing to to him to well, try to convince him? Absolutely, you can go to cigarrights.org, cigarrights.org. Put in your name and your zip code, and we take care of the rest. Hit send. It'll automatically go to your member of the House of Representatives, which we have several from the state of Indiana, and I'll post those on your page as well. But it will also go to the, your two members of the U.S. Senate. It's not a bad thing for Senator Donnelly to hear folks that want him to sign on to the bill, and that he already is, because that reinforces that he made the right decision by signing on to the legislation. Um Senator Young needs to sign on, and we would welcome him signing on. There's a great cigar culture in the state of Indiana. I've been to many of the great cigar bars of the nation in Indianapolis and Indiana. Uh, Been out there working with some folks like uh, Jeff Mote down in Riverside uh, Cigars uh, in Evansville on the state smoking ban that came up every now and then, and Governor Mitch Daniels eventually signed a law to our chagrin. But uh, they did exempt cigar bars and lounges and the like that were in existence in the state of Indiana during that legislative process. So I say all that simply because that it's important that places like uh, Blend and one of my favorite cigar bars in the world is in, in, in Indianapolis and Nikki Blaine's uh, fabulous cigar lounge, uh, that they be protected and that cigar shops, retail community tobacconists throughout the state of Indiana that Senator Young needs to hear from them and their patrons that he ought to sign on to S-294 to exempt premium handmade cigars and that, by golly, if Senator Donnelly can do it, sure as heck he can. Yeah, exactly. So is this pretty much the same The same goes for most representatives in most states uh, as far as the process goes? Yes. I mean, we've got a uh, – we we just got, uh, thanks to Senator Ribio. Uh, we just got Senator Barrasso of, of Wyoming to sign on to the legislation. I posted uh, this morning that, you know, we've got both U.S. senators, both U.S. senators, many of which have split delegations between Democrat and Republican from Montana, Arkansas, uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, six states, Iowa, that have both signed on. We've got representatives from West Virginia, from Literally, from West Virginia uh, to Florida, I mean, it's a pretty geographic dispersed part of the country in terms of representation on this legislation. You know, Senator Manchin's got probably three to five premium cigar shops in the entire state of West Virginia, yet he has done yeoman's work on behalf of those shops in supporting our legislation and and supporting our our call for regulatory relief. Um, Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, who represents numerous community tobacconists throughout the state of Louisiana. The trade show has been in and out of New Orleans, but you have the Cigar Factory. Uh, it's a great spot in downtown New Orleans, which makes a blend a day, makes a blend a week, depending on what kind of tobacco is available. 
there's no way they could comply with the FDA rules and regulations that have been put forth, and we commend Senator Kennedy of Louisiana for signing on to our bill. Uh, so it's I'm just throwing these out as examples of members of the of the Congress that have been supportive for varying reasons, and sometimes just because they're philosophically supportive of us having nothing to do with tobacco and smoke, but they know it's the right thing to do for American small business. Yeah, exactly. So all all this is perfectly in line with the president's regulatory relief agenda. And uh, that's why we're pounding the pavement in Washington to get this done uh, before anything like uh, the big election in November could mess up anybody's agenda. Yeah. So outside of politics here, um, let's see, we got about eight minutes left, I believe. So if you could do uh, how you got started with cigars, cigars, (laughs) cigars in general, not not necessarily the CRA. And Uh um, I, I had one more question. If we have time. So. Yeah. Uh, i tell you what, it was easy how I got started. Um, I live in Roanoke, Virginia, and a local entrepreneur opened up a premium, just a ultra premium steakhouse. First time we ever had a place like this, locally owned. You know, a lot of communities across America have one really great local restaurant like this, and we finally got ours. And this was about... Oh, I want to say almost 21 years ago. And physically adjoined the steakhouse is our one and only local premium cigar shop, Milan Tobacconist, which is over 100 years old. And I walked into the steakhouse and they allowed cigars in the bar in there. And I walked in and it just had that type of ambiance where it said, you just spoke to you. You walked in and you went, I need a cigar. and i walked into the the cigar shop that again only a brick wall separated the two i walked into the cigar shop and i said i just walked into that steakhouse and i've got to have a cigar that goes with that steakhouse (laughs) and i walked in the humidor and i never talked about what i smoked because when you get you know when you get funding from 60 cigar companies they're all your favorite oh yeah but but i'd always talk about my first cigar and it was uh, La Gloria Cabana. And uh, the first time I met Ernesto Carello, I thought I was in the presence of royalty because that was the first cigar I'd ever spoken, spoken, uh, smoked. And uh, it was a truly memorable occasion, and that launched uh, a love affair with cigars. And then, flash forward to 2006, um, I was, I've always been involved in politics in one form or another. And in 2006, I had my lobbying firm, and our lo- a local state senator put in the first smoking ban bill in Virginia. And the idea of our legislature telling me that I couldn't smoke a cigar in that steakhouse infuriated me. And we got together with all the retailers in the state and fought it off in 2006, 7, and 8. And then that was the beginning of my, my uh, relationship with CRA. So that's kind of the way that way it all began. All right. So, uh, you know, since you, you kind of segued back into politics for me there, um, I just had a question. Uh, it, it's been a couple of months now. There's a bit of a, a social media snafu that happened um, where somebody from CRA happened to like a tweet or an Instagram post or something that caused a little bit of. Uh, a, oh, I beg, yes, I remember that. And it was a. You know, it was a typical cyberspace kind of snafu. So I, can I, I, was, you, I was just going to ask. Like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to ask, like, how how is that generally handled uh, with with being a big 
a big presence if if something like that happens like how much like how much backtracking how much research goes back into it um you know to to find out you know basically like what happened or how it happened you know something along those lines well i mean we questioned the staff we and no one had touched the the quote unquote the like on that post i mean it would be stupid stupid for anybody associated with us to quote unquote like anything that badmouth the president of the united states i don't exactly. care who the president is and but uh, under this administration that we're working hand in glove with for regulatory relief it'd be foolish to think that anybody associated with this organization would like anything of that nature and it, it died within 24 hours we asked our uh our uh, it consultant to look into it we asked our staff to backtrack their steps with it no one had ever been to that page you know, a lot of freaky things happen in cyberspace, and, and that was obviously one of them, and I haven't heard about it since you just brought it up 10 seconds ago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, so, only, the only thing that I that I could put together is that maybe somebody thought they were on their own account, but they happened to be on the CRA that, account. I asked that question as well, and that, that simply didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, let's see. We did the uh, How Did You Get Started? Uh I, I also I, tell you that we're involved in our litigation process, and we have ish, got issued a stay uh, from the D.C. Circuit Court on the implementation of the warning labels that uh, that appeals time could take a year or more, a year to two. Uh, it buys us some very valuable political time. Uh, I can tell you that Judge Maida and the D.C. Circuit uh, issued a firm uh, hand to the FDA on how they've handled this regulatory process talking about how uh, grossly unfair the industry had been treated so again the litigation process is parallel to the political process with congress and the administration process reaching out to the trump administration so it's a three-pronged path as i'm fond of saying it's both ends of pennsylvania avenue and a big courthouse in between and that's yeah. the three-pronged strategy so with with the last minute here, uh, you don't talk about your favorite cigars uh, for, for, <laughs> for obvious reasons. So will will you talk about uh, you? You've obviously visited a lot of places around the nation. Uh, I'm assuming around the world. Uh, do you have a favorite lounge or cigar shop? Wow, that is a good question that I haven't been asked. <laughs> well, all right then. Uh, the uh, this is almost as good as your internet question, but uh, internationally, the my wife took me to to England for my fiftieth birthday four years ago. She had a business trip over there, and and uh, the the roof of the Mayfair Hotel in London is probably one of my favorite international. I only been there once, probably never go back again. But it yeah. was an amazing experience. That, in addition to smoking cigars in Winston Churchill's front yard on my fiftieth truly memorable occasion that I've rarely talked about. Uh, in this country, I probably have favorites by region and, you know, state, if you will. And I don't, wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like asking somebody their favorite music album or something like that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one of those things that's, uh, you know, yeah, I could definitely see favorites within regions and whatnot. I mean, I mentioned Nikki Blaine's in Indianapolis. That is that is truly one of my favorite spots in the country uh, to enjoy a cigar. I've said Nikki Blaine's 
is a, a true reason as a cigar smoker to go to Indianapolis. Um, you know, Rocky Patel's burn that he has put up in Pittsburgh and Naples. I have not been to Oklahoma City. What Blend has done in different parts of the country, like Houston, are, are beautiful cigar lounges. I think this is a blossoming trend in the cigar industry, and I hope it is because it can create and and grow the culture of cigars around the country. Um, the Ashton Cigar Lounge over the Holt Cigar Shop in Philadelphia, definitely one of my favorite spots in the, in the country. Um, good golly. I'm staring at a map of the country thinking out loud to myself <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, Nikki, Nikki Blaine's Burn Blend, Ashton, all standout cigar shops. I mean, we're getting ready to go up to to the greater Boston area in a couple of weeks for the two guys smoke shop. That's a, that's a fabulous spot upstairs at two guys in uh, New Hampshire to, to enjoy a cigar and just up the street from there is twins uh, cigar bar and cigar shop. It's a fabulous spot in the Northeast. I have not been North of that spot. LJ Paredes is one of the oldest cigar shops in the nation. That's a fabulous spot just to walk into in uh in uh boston in boston right there in the square at the capitol obviously florida just got tremendous opportunities for to for enjoying cigars all over the uh all over the state uh from tampa and naples down to miami uh, miami is an ingrained cigar culture if you will it's just a lot of great spots to go to in greater miami and then north you can't go wrong with Smoke Inn and West Palm Beach. I mean, it's a fabulous destination cigar spot in West Palm Beach. Uh, Smoke Inn, at what Abe DeBedden has done there with the uh, Davidoff Lounge and the like. What Je- it springs another mind. What Jeff Borshowitz has done with the uh, with uh, Davidoff at the ta- in Tampa is just absolutely phenomenal as well. So you know we're lucky that there's a cigar culture that is in these different spots around the, around the country. One that you would never think of is Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, my God, you could go to Omaha and spend a weekend and not hit all the great cigar bars and cigar lounges in, in greater Omaha. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Safari and SJ Roy. And I mean, it's just, that's that you'd want to go to anybody that's passionate for great cigars that would want to go to. Casa Fuente in Vegas and the Cigar Box in Vegas jump out. Uh, and cigar, you know, Casa Fuente and Caesars in Vegas is like making a holy pilgrimage to cigar smoking. Yeah. So I hope that highlights the. I have to literally stare at a bloody map to get a mental image of where I would go for this. <laughs> but I hope that gives you some idea. All right. So that, that actually reminded me if I could steal a couple more minutes from you. Sure. Um, the recent events with Nat Sherman, um, I was actually given the idea to reach out to you by a past guest of mine, uh, Mr. Terrence P. McCauley. He's an author. (laughs) And he's the one that told me to reach out to you. He's a big fan of the Nat Sherman shop. Um, So as far as that goes, how do you you feel about the recent events with the Nat Sherman? Well, I don't think anybody should be surprised. And uh, and I understand. I've, I've enjoyed a cigar with Terrence in the uh, in the bottom club of Nat Sherman in New York, and it's again a fabulous world class destination. We all love Nat Sherman. We all love Michael Herklotz with with the uh, with the company. It's um, it's a company that grows the cigar cigar culture like few 
do, um, and, and Michael's a consummate professional. It's just the luck of the draw. And by saying that, it just means they happen to have been bought by a company that endorsed regulation. And it's, there's no great shock here. And there was a shock factor, but there should not have been a shock factor because they endorsed regulation during the final rule process. Now, that being said, uh, there were some, shall we say, improvements to the, to the comment that was filed on July 25th by Altria. They're, they're saying there should not be a one-size-fits-all approach to regulation was a step forward for that company. And I, I credit Michael and the, you know, the premium side of the industry for conveying that message, for getting that message across. Um, but there were some things of concern in that letter as well. So with that, I, I just believe it's corporate culture epitomized. I mean, there's, again, no great surprise. They endorsed regulation before. They endorse regulation now. Um, our job and task is to mitigate the threat of regulation and to pursue an exemption as best we can. So with that, you know, Altria is an incredibly powerful company, and that just happens to be the company that purchased Nat Sherman. I don't know, mean, mean to dance around your question, but I do think that kind of epitomizes where we're, where we're coming from on this. No, and I agree. I think, I think Nat Sherman represents, what, like 1% of, of Altria's family? I have uh, no idea. Family, you I know, some, something ridiculous like that. But I doubt if it's that much. Yeah. So I know that I know that you're short on time. So No, if, we're good. We're good. We're okay. Good. I, I was just gonna say if you want to do all the uh all the cigar rights of America plugs, um if <laughs> if I if I remember correctly, it's thirty five dollars for a year membership and it's sixty five dollars for a two year membership. Yes, but your timing is good at answer, asking that question. Is we're running a special because of our tenth anniversary occurring last week. We have a special that goes through September the 7th where you can join for one year for $10, 10 year, 10, 10, 10th year anniversary, $10. We ship you one great cigar for, for doing that. It might be one of those like you're smoking right there. Um, and if you do that before the 7th, again, it's only $10. Two years is $65, and we include your, uh, your subscription to Cigar Aficionado with that. And you get six months of Cigar Insider from Cigar Aficionado as well as the two cigars. You get a membership card. It's good for discounts at cigar shops uh, across the country, so your money comes back to you. And all of it goes to help fight the cause. Fifty cents of every dollar goes to our litigation against the FDA. Fifty cents goes towards our lobbying, lobbying and advocacy efforts. So uh, we hope everybody joins the cause and do it quickly. It's ten bucks, and after that, uh, I think it'll be back at twenty-five dollars for a, for a period of time. All right, right on. Yeah, that's I know on uh, on cigargeeks.com. Uh, if, if you're a member to CRA, we have, we have little badges and, uh, you just put your, your member ID in and you get a little badge that says, uh, CRA supporter or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's definitely worth it. Um, it was a couple months ago. I, I finally bit the bullet. I, I, you know, finally decided it was, you know, beyond my time to do my duty and, uh, support the cause. Well, um, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm definitely happy that you were you were able to take some time out of your schedule and talk to me, um, and you know, other than that, um, anytime that you're in the Chicago area, 
I would be more than happy to meet up, have a cigar. Um, you know, I'm in Northwest mm-hmm. Indiana. Chicago's right down the street from me. So, oh crap! I think I lost you. Hey. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. All good. Have even got I've even got video now. Wow. So. There you go. <laughs> so um all right, so we got cut off. Um I was just saying if you're ever in the Chicago area, uh, you know, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to uh meet up with you, have a cigar. Um and Oh, we've gotta do that. We gotta uh Two of my favorite spots on earth are, are in Chicago, Up Down Cigars and uh, Ewan Reese. Uh, two great traditional, wonderful community tobacconists in Chicago. Yeah. So that's I, I actually haven't been to either one of them. Uh, actually, the only lounge I've been to in Chicago was uh, the Clayton. Um, and the, Clay, the Clayton was a, was a nice spot. Um, I haven't been to that one. Uh, some, when, when my buddies from Cigar Geeks came in town for Cigar Palooza last year, we met up there. Um, but that, that was a good spot. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm, I'm in Northwest Indiana here. I'm a stone's throw from Chicago. Uh, I'm definitely closer to Chicago than Indy. So. Oh, very good. Well, we'll, we'll make that happen. All right. Um, any, any final thoughts? Well, well, again, I hope all your listeners will go to cigarrights.org chime in on our congressional petition tell your members of the house and senate to support exemption uh so you know the house of representatives is is uh not as much of a problem as i've said it a thousand times as the united states senate so making sure your two members of the senate know how you feel let them know that there's a cigar voting constituency out there is incredibly important yeah so uh well i think that'll that'll about do it well, let's do it again, Brian. We'll uh, we'll be glad to keep you posted on news updates on on this end. Uh, since we have video now, I'll show you. This is our litigation. That's showing you how thick that is. Yeah. On this video, and I want to show you. This was our public comment that we filed with the FDA. This was the 529 pages Jeez. Uh, that was filed. It gets into the demographic patterns of use, public health impact. Um, mortality, inhalation, addiction, and lack thereof associated with premium man-made cigars. And since we have video, there's Nick. <laughs> I was going to ask about the squirrel monkey. So. You've got to see. You've got to see Nick <laughs> the squirrel monkey. See, I want him to show up on every podcast that the FDA used nicotine to, in their experiments to, and they killed four squirrel monkeys. So, this is Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nick. So, all right, Glenn. So, uh, so anyway, I, I hope this helps answer some questions, and uh, we look forward to keeping you apprised, and we thank you for, for helping us spread the word. Absolutely, man. Uh, anything I could do, and I would definitely love to do it again in the future. Uh, any, anytime, uh, anytime you've got something to say, just let me know, and uh, I, will, I will keep in contact to, you know, you know, like you said, do it again sometime and um, you know, keep everybody updated. Come on, everybody should come out to, to Big Smoke Vegas and we'll have a cigar together at Casa Fuente uh, in November. That'll be probably be the, uh, other than the two guys event up in Boston, the next time I'm on the road, that's for a non-political reason. All right, right on. So. Thank you, Brian. All right, thank you, Glenn.
Talk soon. Yep, take it easy. So there you have it. Uh, go join the CRA. Uh, check out stogiejournal.com. I've got some exciting episodes coming up. Um, I've got Keegan Damron coming back uh, pretty soon, the local comedian that's been on the show before. Uh, going to do a podcast crossover uh, with my buddies from Trivia Rogues. And I've got an exciting guest from the cigar industry that I'm v- very much looking forward to. And a couple other things lined up. Uh, Bootleg Barbecue, which is a local barbecue catering business that a buddy of mine just started up. So stay tuned for all that, and until next time, take it easy.